Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today, we have two very special people who are going to talk a little bit about the Hazel Wright organ, which is the huge, beautiful organ that is in Christ Cathedral. And we're going to talk with two very important people in the history and maintenance of that organ. Fred Swan, who had been the organist here during the Crystal Cathedral days, and Kevin Cartwright, who is involved going forward with the care and maintenance of the organ. So first of all, to both of you, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And before we go any further, what I'd like to do is to pause for a moment of prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for bringing us together today, and we ask you please to move with your Spirit in our lives, and in our minds, and in our words, that we would bring a little more of your light and your music to the minds of the people who are listening, and that we ourselves would embrace you more completely in the process. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's have a radio show. So, first of all, let's start with you, Fred. You are, if you don't mind me saying it out loud and on the air, you're 90 years old. You've been doing this (laughs) a long time. (laughs) Right. So, tell me... What is your experience going back with, with what is today now called Christ Cathedral, but the Crystal Cathedral back when Robert Schuler had it? And how did you get involved with the great big huge organ that has been now totally revamped? <laughs> well, when the organ was put in, uh, Robert Schuler, the pastor, uh, was told that uh, by Virgil Fox, who had helped design it, that he should hire me to be the organist. <laughs> so uh, Schuler came, and I was at the big Riverside Church in New York, but... I was ready for a change. I'd been there a long time. Okay, let me stop for just a moment. For our listening audience, the Riverside Church in New York, especially amongst Presbyterians and other people of uh, that level of the Protestant church, it's a very important church in New York. Yes. It's huge. It's very well respected. I, I think that's a way of putting it. Yes. And you were there for how long? I was associated with it for 30 years, 25, wow. 25 full-time. So it was time to make a change. Okay. <laughs> Well, and then the weather in New York also makes it almost any time to make a change. So, right. so Robert Schuler was recommended to take you. He called you, and you said, "Hallelujah." <laughs> <laughs> no, they had me out to play uh, the first recital on the uh, on the cathedral organ after the dedication, and then asked me to stay over and play the church service the following Sunday. And after that, he asked uh, to meet him, me to meet him in his office, and he said. Uh, we want you to become organist of this cathedral. I said, well, <laughs> that's fine, but you have a fine organist. And I, theoretically, I, I can't say yes because the job doesn't exist. Oh, well, he can find another job. And I said, no, 
I said, if, any, if I came under any circumstances, it would have to be with the understanding that he would stay. Uh, Richard Unfried, you may, may have heard of. And uh, Richard and I worked very, very well together for a couple of years before Richard went and got a better job for himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, I was appointed in the summer of 1982, but I couldn't, uh, I had to, several months to clear up everything in New York, sell a house, get rid of some things that had to be done at Riverside Church. So I came here one week a month, the first six months, and then starting in January of uh, 83, started full-time, and was here until almost the end of uh, 98. Now, what was so special about this church in this building and this organ? Why was this such an important organ at the time? Well, at the time, it, it was, the, and still is, the largest organ on the West Coast. Wow. And um, it was attracting people from literally around the world came to see it and hear it. So I, I had it was a very different position than I had in New York. The whole music program was quite different. But I enjoyed working with the people here. The people really made the job absolutely wonderful. Well, now going back in New York at the Riverside Church, was that Presbyterian? No, it was it was interdenominational. Okay. But, but it had um, slight um, affiliations with the Baptist Church and the uh, Congregational Church. Okay. And then coming to here at the time, Robert Schuler was Dutch Reformed uh, by denomination. Right. But he was his own person right. the way that he came across. So this was a unique program for you to engage. Absolutely. So when you first laid your hands on this organ, what was your thoughts? What were your reactions? Did it live up to its reputation in your, in your uh, years in mind? Yes, it did. It, it was uh, an astounding organ for its size. First Why? Of all. The size and uh, the fact that it was a surround sound. It was in all four parts of the building. Wow. And uh, it was just a magnificent instrument. I understand from people who do organs that you build an organ to the building and the whole building then becomes, in its resonating chamber, becomes right. part of the organ. Right. So when you were here, every church then really is its own instrument. Yes. Well, the uh, organ builders especially say that the most important stop on the organ is the building. Is the building. <laughs> so let me ask you a little bit. I, I'm sure you followed how they've gone about refitting the organ to this building and the changes they made to the building itself, some of the, the baffling and other things that have gone on. How much of a change do you anticipate that's going to make for the sound of this organ in the building as it has been refitted? Oh, it's made a very significant change. Good or bad? Good. In the first place, they have enclosed the, the downstairs part, made it much more intimate in the central part of the cathedral, and this has allowed the organ and the choir, anything, to have a much more focused sound than it had before. Okay. And uh, I uh, became involved with it because I knew enough people here when the diocese took it over that I was thrilled that they were going to keep the organ. So often when, when new people buy a church with a big, expensive organ, they, oh, they just throw it out and get a small organ or or something. Why would they do that? Well, I don't know why, <laughs> but this, this happens uh, rather too often. So I was so thrilled that they were going to keep uh, both the organ of the cathedral and the one in the arboretum. The, 
that I agreed to do the work. So I've been working with the, the rebuilding for almost 11 years. I can't wait to hear it myself. Uh, when I was in seminary, I took a course on Bach as biblical interpreter. It was basically the Kapellmeister playing the organ for the whole semester right. on different things from, from Bach, the organ, blue clients, some of those things in the main chapel there. Uh-huh. And that's where I learned about the the building itself as part of the organ. Right, absolutely. And I remember being blown away at certain times by some of the ways that he was able to bring out resonance in that building. Yeah. This should be absolutely spectacular. What are you looking forward to most as this organ is being reinitiated? Signing the acceptance paper. <laughs> <laughs> the contract in it that the, that the final payment could not be made until Fred Swan said it's okay. <laughs> All right. So, so the, and there have been several delays, of course, of one, one kind of another. And uh, the organ came back. It was sent to Italy for rebuilding, and it came back right on time. But just about that time, and before that, they were to start the rebuilding inside the cathedral, and there was a huge storm, and the place leaked so badly that they had to shut everything down, and uh, the organ could not go in until 17 months later. Wow. So we were. And then it got in, finally, after we waited two years for that to be done, and then the pandemic hit. And the organ still was not quite finished, and the builders had to go back to Italy. <laughs> oh, wow. So let's talk for a moment about that. Going back to Italy, this organ was originally built in Italy. This was the same company that originally built it? Or? Yes, most of it. They, actually, at the beginning, two organs were combined. There was a very famous organ in New York that was not needed, or not wanted, rather, in Philharmonic Hall in New York by the Aeolian Skinner Company. And that organ was combined with the organ that Rufati had built for the Arboretum here at the church. Okay. They combined the two organs, Rufati combined the two organs and then added many extra things on top of it to make it very, very large. And so, of course, when the Arboretum organ left to be combined uh, in the cathedral, before I left, uh, Robert Schuler designated it the Fred Swan organ. <laughs> So now they have Fred and Hazel, as they keep laughing. Fred and Hazel. <laughs> and uh, it's been a joy to have both organs maintained, because the one in the Arboretum is very beautiful. Much, much smaller, of course, although it's a big organ. But again, because of the size of the Arboretum, this organ fitted to it. It, it, it sounds per- magnificent, I'm sure. In, it fitted in that perfectly. Center. It was in a church in, uh, I keep wanting to say Pasadena, but I'm not sure that that's right. Anyway... In the uh, 94 earthquake, the entire church was destroyed except for the narthex of the church and the organ chamber. Oh, wow. (laughs) And they could never rebuild it. So I knew people there. I knew that this was a famous organ and was able to uh, arrange for it to be sold to the Crystal Cathedral and put it in the Arboretum because there was no longer an organ in there. So it's been a joy to have it there. That's fantastic. So this really represents then quite a journey for you as well. Oh, absolutely. And as we come to the rededication of the organ in Christ Cathedral, that organ is so much really of your life and how much much of a ministry you've been able to give to God's people through your music. Right. I want to come back in just another moment. I want to bring you in, Kevin. And I'm going to talk about how this organ has been set up and is going to continue on. 
So we're going to take a break and come back and talk about that. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Fred Swan and Kevin Cartwright, who are talking about the organ that is in the process of being rededicated now that it has been totally rebuilt, revamped, and reinstalled to the as close to perfect specifications as possible for it to become what will probably be one of the world's greatest organs. When we come back, we're going to talk about how we're going to make sure it stays that way. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. We are talking with a couple of people who have been very important in the ministry of the church, uh, one going back through the years of Robert Schuler being involved with the Christa Cathedral ministry here, Fred Swan, who has been instrumental, <laughs> no pun intended, with the rebuilding and the rededication of the organ that he helped assemble, put together many years ago, really, by design and played it for many years here at what was the Crystal Cathedral, now being rededicated into a very newly designed interior of the building, which means the organ itself had to also really be redesigned to be refitted. So with that in mind, we have been talking with Fred. And now, Kevin, how does this move forward? Your job, as I understand it, is to make sure that this organ, now that it's been reinstalled and refitted and tuned to the building, really, becomes and remains uh, a world-class instrument. What's the plan? So the plan is first to collect data and learn. Uh, This is a unique instrument in a very unique building, a building known in the past to have developed its own interior climate. So we have a lot of data to collect, and we need to gain an understanding of how the organ is going to respond to the renovated sanctuary. Okay, but with that in mind, Kevin, do me a favor and and tell me a little bit about how you're, you're going to do that. What's your background? Where did you come in from, and how are you bringing your tools and your ministry to this ministry? Right, so my background goes back about 25 years in the organ building industry, and I'm currently president of Rosales Organ Builders in Los Angeles. And we maintain the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Angels in L.A., along with Walt Disney Concert Hall, which was an instrument built by my predecessor when he owned the firm. And we also have a team of qualified technicians. So, so that's not I heard that's a Mickey Mouse organ. But, you know, just, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, only by memorial. A little goofy. No other relation. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. And, and I, I would like the to, I prefer the term principal technician because there is a team of professionals who will be working with me and supporting me and one another in this process. And in moving forward, we're simply going to take temperatures, listen, see what the organ does. It changes pitch with temperature. Wow. So uh, when I say we need to learn how the organ reacts, in this particular case, it's going to take us a while to collect data, see what goes sharp and what goes flat at what times of day, and when the organ needs to be tuned for uh, its its performance time and what is going to be in tune at various times of the day. Uh, so we have quite a job ahead of us. Uh, as the organ is inaugurated, it's not going to be perfectly in tune because the voicers at Rifati have left the organ 
very musically tuned. However, this process of interpreting what the organ is going to do is going to not only take several days on the onset, but it will take several days each season as the weather changes through the first year at minimum to truly understand how we can best keep this organ in tune so that it sounds the best at certain times of day. So for people who have not followed this, because I know this has been a huge project here at Christ Cathedral, but not everyone is, is super focused on what goes on here at Christ Cathedral. Okay, tell us a little bit about this organ and how it's situated in here. You said it was tuned in Italy. Tell us a little bit more about how that changes when you put it into a building. Uh, just a minor correction. It, it was tuned here after okay. it was put in because for voicing and tonal finishing, which the Rafati crew have been working fastidiously to complete, it must be tuned. It must be close to the pitch at which it's going to play. Uh, so they have done a fairly good job just getting the organ tuned uh, as best as possible with the current climate we have. However, that's going to change as soon as spring begins. Uh, temperatures will change. Some divisions of the organ will go out of tune. So in this building, what are some of the unique issues you're going to face in trying to meet the needs of the tone and tune of this organ? Uh, the most unique issue is temperature and stratification of temperature. So the organ will always be warm at the top. It will be cool at the bottom, uh, regardless of whether you're using heat or air conditioning, uh, there will always be stratification. And that changes uh, based on the angle of the sun on the building, uh, the time of day, whether the sun is coming in from east or west or in the winter, southeast and southwest. And uh, it will also change based on the capacity of the building. If you're full of people, you have individual space heaters at 98 degrees radiating heat up toward the top of the building. Plus, it's also going to, if you have people in there, you've got uh, sound absorbers uh, with everybody mm -hmm. that's there. Exactly. So all the resonation is going to... Change. Right, the acoustics change drastically, and that's not something we can control with general organ maintenance. Uh, it's always It becomes a characteristic of the building and the organ, and each experience listening to the organ will be different, not only based on the artist playing, but also the, the attendance in the building, the time of day. Now, they put up a whole bunch of baffles uh, in order to regulate light and heat and a few other things. Someone also told me that had to do with acoustics as well. How much is that affecting or will be affecting the organ? Uh, that would be a great question for the Rafati team, who have worked mostly with voicing the organ in the new conditions. However, I understand from them that the sound is better contained in the cathedral space with the, the trifoils or quatrefoils in place. And the organ had a much more present, louder tone, and I know Fred can speak. Yeah, Fred's nodding his head here. You yeah. can't see this on radio. But. Yeah, so the, the, I, I think the auditory experience for the listener is going to be greatly improved because the organ is more focused toward the listener uh, as opposed to when uh, the only sound-containing materials were glass, which vibrates very easily, and uh, open space below the, the balconies as well. So now that you're enclosed and you have... The sound focused, I think the organ is going to be very exciting. Fred, you were nodding your head. What, what do you think, since you're the one here who is going to have the musical memory of what it sounded like in the 80s and 90s versus what it's going to sound like in the 2020s, what are you anticipating that, that uh, audio change is going to be with those quatrefoils and some of the changes they've done? You mentioned already that they've enclosed the bottom and that's going to enhance 
some of the sound. What else are you thinking about that? Yes, that that's made a big difference. But uh, when the organ came back from Italy and was installed, it was so bloody loud <laughs> uh, compared to what it was before that the 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 Rufati company had to completely revoice and and retune every single pipe in the organ. Oh wow! It's still quite a hefty sound, you know. Some people shouldn't come with their hearing aids. I was going to say, turn your hearing aids down a little bit. (laughs) If if the organ is going to be played very loudly. But still, in the old situation, the acoustic of the building was still good for the organ. Like any big building, because a lot of reverberation. There is still some, fortunately, that we didn't lose at all with this this new uh, setup. But uh, when I heard that the building was going to be air-conditioned, I thought, oh, thank heavens, we'll be able to keep it in tune. But what we didn't realize that the organ is such a height that the air conditioning only goes up so far, and there's a lot of the organ above it. And, of course, all the heat rises up to the parts sure. that are above it. And as uh, uh, Kevin has explained, that certain times of the day and days and months during the year, the what's up here cannot be played at the same time as what's down here. Or it sounds all out of tune. Right. So it, it's up to the organist to know which stops to use to uh, to make it uh, sound right. Wow, it sounds like... Make it sound as good as it can, I mean. It sounds like they almost need to have a technician standing next to the organist to be able to make this all work outright. <laughs> How, tell me a little dimensions on this, because you've referred now a couple of times to it being a big organ. What are some of the dimensions we're talking about amongst, say, the pipes, for example? Well, a number of pipes so, and stops. Uh, so when you're talking, how tall are these? Are the pipes the biggest ones that are there? Do you know? Thirty-two feet and thirty-two feet. And some wow, of, some of them big enough a child could cra- could crawl through. The smallest ones are no bigger than your little finger. Wow. So you you go from literally a couple of inches tall mm. to thirty-two feet tall. Yes. And it's spread throughout. And the ones that are thirty-two feet extend beyond the air conditioning, which complicates well, how it's going to sound. Unfortunately, the 32s don't change much with the temperature. Okay, well, that's that's uh, good. They're too big. They say, don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> so the ones that you're most concerned about then are the smaller and medium-sized piping? No, no it's whole divisions. The organ has, has many what we call... Different, Pardon my ignorance, because I, I don't do the organ. It's called different divisions. Okay. And... Uh, the great and the positive divisions are up high. Oh. The swell divisions are down lower, and in between there are a couple others. So they've actually distributed the organ yeah. piping throughout the building in ways to help Well, that's, that's just in one area. Okay. Then, of course, in the other end, on the other side, the south balcony, there's another really what amounts to complete organ. But that organ is basically all on one level. So it can stay in tune all the time, and you don't have to worry about it because there's no... Nothing is going to, and the temperature changes, it's going to affect it too much. It's going to be a mammoth job for Kevin. Okay, so Kevin, what's the plan? Are you going to be back every week for the next year, or are you going to be back five days a week for a month? How does this work? The organ will tell us. Uh, the, The first plan without any mechanical issues is to begin coming back, uh, a number of days per week for the next month or so in order to collect the data I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And also our job is to fix any glitches or mechanical malfunctions which might occur. 
which are common to any organ, whether new or rebuilt. There are always bugs to work out when you really put it to use and put it into its initial burn-in period. So we will have uh, myself and my staff on standby. So if uh, anything goes awry, we will be available to take care of it as quickly as possible. And we'll ideally have most of these worked out by the time you uh, have the dedication Mm. in the future. During my day, we had three full-time people taking care of the organ. And uh, we're hoping it's going to take a little less care now. And also, uh, the organ had been in, what, 30 or more years when it was taken out to be rebuilt. And being in a building with all with all the heat and uh, the flow with the windows open and birds flying through and dropping things, <laughs> it needed a, a, quite a cleaning and, and uh, being taken care of. That's why it went back to the original builder. I believe it. You, Fred, are primarily a music minister. I'm curious, what are you looking forward to most that you want to hear on that organ? What is the one piece of music you would like to either play or hear played? Oh, that's impossible to say. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do I'm you sorry. have a... I, I'm sorry. You, uh, just... Uh, the organ literature is so vast and covers so many countries and period. In fact, the, the, there's more organ literature than for any other instrument in the world. Wow. I'm especially fond of the uh, French Romantic literature, some of those composers, and many of the German composers. Actually, this organ will, will really do anything. It can play anything you want. And it will all sound good. One of the best things about growing older is I'm beginning to hear from so many people who uh, heard me play or heard the organ at one time or another and say that that is what uh, caused them to go into church music or to become organists and that sort of thing. You never think about that when you're doing it. You just rely on people like Kevin to have it in good shape and it sounds good and you play and uh, you just never know. And the organ, of course, was heard by millions of people every uh, Sunday on, on television the the hour of power, and for years and years it was not un- unusual at all for me to be sitting in a sidewalk cafe in Paris or Berlin or any number of European cities, and somebody would come up and say, aren't you the organist of that big organ in the Crystal Cathedral? <laughs> so, I mean, the, the organ is iconic. It's been known all over the world, and there are people who, who can't wait to come back and hear it again. I'm sure that there are many people who were part of the Crystal Cathedral ministry uh, I mean, just the way that Robert Schuler worked in the transition to this was so positive. Yes. And to see then that that ministry is going to continue in in its musical aspect yes. has got to be very fulfilling for a number of people. I do hope we're going to have a number of them come in to revisit the organ yeah. and to revisit the music. Good. I'm sure they will. What about you, uh, Kevin? You're uh, kind of embarking on this. What are you hoping... For in this, what's a, what's good uh, as far as an outcome for you is? Objectively, what I'm hoping for is to provide the same quality of service for Christ Cathedral as we do for our other clients. Uh, subjectively, uh, what I hope for are, as as Fred mentioned, inspired people, smiling faces, uh, because in a way, the the pipe organ is an icon of our community of faith, and just like the people in the building. Uh, we have 
principal pipes in the organ with strong foundation tone. We have the dulcet tones of flute pipes. We have beautiful reed pipes like trumpets and oboes uh, that are that have a lovely voice, but they need to be tuned and corrected a little more often. Mm. So you can see the correlation starting between what a pipe organ is and what the community of Christ is. So to see an organ connect with an audience at that level, because you feel an organ, it does something to your soul other than just what you're hearing with your ears, now that's the true payoff. And when we do that well, we're satisfied, and I'm hoping to bring that to Christ Cathedral. Wow. And no matter what I do or play, or not me now, because David Ball will be the organist, it will be dependent upon Kevin to make the organ sound sound right. You are currently living, Fred, out in the desert area. On desert, yes. On desert. Planning to come in from time to time to uh, hear the concerts that are played? I hope to. I, I'm no longer able to drive myself, and that, that's a big disappointment. But I certainly will get here for something, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to play when the, when the dedication series start. I'm just not up to it anymore. Okay. But to hear the organ again is going to be beautiful for your ears. Oh, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, David Ball is, is going to not only play beautifully, but he will under, gradually understand how to use it. Because well, <laughs> it, it doesn't give its secrets up easily. This is the way you talk about the organ, both of you, is is almost like it's a wise old man that you need to get to know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so anyone who comes in to play the organ, they can play some of the mechanical aspects of it, but to actually learn how to fly the organ is is a whole different thing. I want to thank you two for coming in. We're coming to the end of our time for this particular show with the two of you. Thank you so much for not only spending some time with us, but for all that you have been doing with your music ministry and for what you will be doing in maintaining that ministry here at Christ Cathedral. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Fred Swan and Kevin Hartwright. And we've been talking about the newly uh, revamped and rededicated organ here at Christ Cathedral. Christ Cathedral.